You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. I do love road trips. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to let myself take them because I really love our life together here. But when I block out the time and put that little vacation, you know, notification on my email, I surrender to this pilgrimage of discovery. And I say pilgrimage because I kind of gave up this idea of vacations, um, like, only because, to me, it has that... um, pressure to sort of escape and you know how it's like impossible to escape yourself so pilgrimage is a way of thinking about a trip that's open to like whatever comes up and willingness to just use that to to rest and to meet God and to grow so I like to have a destination for a road trip but I have learned that the real fun is in the journey kind of like that great wisdom from Aerosmith life is a journey not a destination, and I always thought that um, Steven Tyler made that up, but it's actually from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yeah, but I do try to embrace whatever comes up along the way, which is a real discovery zone when you're traveling with others, especially your loved ones. Sometimes you get uh, a big foot in your face when you're trying to drive. But beyond being with loved ones, I think one of my favorite parts about the process of a road trip or a journey is seeing the wide open sky and and the, and the wide open road just sort of stretch out before me. Um, it sort of comforts me to have like that that picture of limitless possibility and and uh, I think I think it comforts me because I it, it reminds me that like. There's something bigger than my problems and my worries and my tiny little view of myself and the world. And there's beauty beyond that I have not even imagined yet. So when I can get into that sense of limitlessness with God, it gives me a little taste of eternity. And that comforts me. So I have found the journey of faith in Jesus to be kind of like this. Way more spacious than I had ever imagined life could be. It's a journey toward becoming our full selves in partnership with God. And there's room for whatever comes up because the the stunning reality is that we're actually fully loved and accepted. Nothing needs to be hidden because of Christ we're not condemned. And so we can grow. Even through our mistakes and sorrows and in fact we know that's where it happens best, through opening, being vulnerable with God and others, receiving that forgiveness, receiving that love and acceptance. But I didn't always know that, I didn't always know about this spacious and embracing love of God. I think I had an idea about it from creation as a kid, but um, I needed a human experience of God in community to get me into this hope of a spaciousness. In my early 20s, I was kind of like one of Harlow's monkeys in a cage, at least in my mind, kind of confined by sadness and anger, trying to comfort myself like we Americans are taught that we're 
supposed to do. Harry Harlow did these experiments on monkeys that um, showed that love and acceptance um, and affection is even more important for babies' development than food. So I, but I was only like this on the inside. On the outside, I was a pretty accomplished young professional. But my self-soothing wasn't helping. Feminism wasn't helping. Activism wasn't helping. Uh, working harder wasn't helping. Self-reliance wasn't helping. I needed real love. And so I was stuck in this pit until Jesus reached his hand in and helped me start to climb out and begin this road trip. And I still climb, but I still climb back in that pit from time to time. But thank God, Jesus and other friends stick their hands in there um, and show me the open sky again. It's a journey of learning my belovedness and owning it, living into my identity of being loved and the responsibility that comes with that in partnership with God. So I think the road trip with Jesus for all of us is this invitation toward um, learning how to receive love and living in freedom from our confined pits of despair or anxiety or doubt or whatever it is for you. So as I was thinking this week about um, the beginning of my road trip with Jesus and talking to Israel about his idea to get us thinking about the beginning the beginning of the trip for each of us, I was drawn to the story of Peter's miraculous escape from prison. I don't know if you've read the book of Acts and you remember this little story in here, but I want, I want to, this season I want to use the Acts of the Apostles and Paul's missionary journeys and his letters to the early church to, to, to help us get into this adventurous journey with God that I think we're called to to take in a new way every day. I think they have a lot to teach us, and stuff like this is still happening today. So in this story in Acts 15, the church is young, but it's already too big to meet in one house, like our congregation of Circle of Hope is. The church in Jerusalem is too big. It's only a couple years old, but it's too big for for people to meet in one place Um, And so they're meeting in a bunch of different houses, and it's too dangerous for them to meet in one place because Herod has started to go after the leaders of the church, the apostles. And right before this this little story comes in, James has just been executed by Herod, James the son of Zebedee, and he's the first apostle to be martyred. And so um, Peter gets arrested and thrown into prison and he's being got in the story he's being guarded by 16 guards who take 4 hour shifts four of them each and two of them are chained to Peter at all times and two of them are guarding the door of the prison that's some pretty high security so i don't know what situation feels impossible in your life or in your heart but i think uh I I doubt that Peter thought that he was getting out of prison under those kind of odds. So let let me read it to you. You can follow along here. So, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. That's key detail right there. The church was praying for Peter. 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Why Peter always seems to be naked in the Bible, I don't know, but this keeps happening. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. So Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. And they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know, without a doubt, that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. You know, because Peter's own people, the Jews, even hated the Christians at this time. I'm sure that had to be hard. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Did you ever do that? You get so excited, you just leave the person standing there? You're out of your mind, they told her. You know, they knew, they knew what Herod, who Herod was and the kind of security that Peter was under. But when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. I have three little observations from this story that I think connect with this invitation to take a new journey with Jesus this year. And the first one is um, that God did this. This is, I think that's, the, that's where the journey begins, right? That's the invitation to the road trip. God did this. Peter couldn't have escaped from this jail cell in a million years on his own. There's nothing his people could have done physically to get him out of there. And all 16 of those guards d- died because they couldn't explain how this happened and they couldn't stop it from happening. God did this. That's a pretty dramatic story, but um, I wonder if you can think about your own beginning of your of the journey with Jesus. I, I'm imagining that there was some miracles in that in that scene. Go back to that in your mind. Where did your your journey with Jesus first begin? I definitely felt a, a, a sense of miracle about the revelation of God's love for me in my little pit of despair because it wasn't something that I could have um, done for myself, climb out of there. And I couldn't even explain how it made such a difference in my mind and heart. 
I, I think it's probably what Charles Wesley was thinking about when he wrote that old hymn. I think he was probably thinking about this story. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. I was going to sing this for you, but I'm chickening out. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. It's that song, And Can It Be. In a more recent way, I felt that sense of freedom when we finally got our certificate of occupancy for this building after a year and a half. It was like we were under the thumb of the city and everything that had happened in this building beforehand. Who knows what connections? And finally, we got free. And so now we can actually pursue getting that window in and getting signage on this building and bike racks and expanding circle kids we, I, we you know it's going to take time and money and effort but hopefully we can all we can do all that this year in 2019 and who knows how that's going to grow us internally and adding to our number of partners so the first point is that god did it the second point i want to make to you um, that i think relates to our own road trip with jesus is that peter didn't fully realize, if you remember the story, he didn't fully realize what was happening. Even as it was happening to him, he thought, like, maybe I'm dreaming this. And, and I think that's how, that's a lot of how our transformation goes. Even as he was being given his freedom, he didn't fully realize what was happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And I think that's why life in Christ is an invitation to a journey. It's not a one-shot thing. It's going to take us a whole lifetime to understand what it is we've been given. And so we need to receive it in deeper and deeper ways through our mistakes and doubts and questions and struggles. I, I have to keep going back to that moment of, of receiving that love from Jesus in my vulnerability. Even as I was writing this talk, I had to get vulnerable with God about my need, like the ways that I, I was feeling stuck in my prison of self-reliance again. I had to ask God to meet me there and show me what was going on with me. And it took me a couple hours to even get through my own stuff. I think that's how this road trip with Jesus is. We need the revelation to come to us again and again to begin to understand this love and freedom and partnership with God, how it really is a release from condemnation how it really does allow us to move into the future with hope, no matter what is going on in the world. Peter followed the angel until, until the angel was gone, and then he, then he was walking by himself, and then he, got, then he got that moment of insight. He said, okay, now I know that God rescued me when he was walking in the dark by himself. But that, I mean, that, that whole sentence kind of cracks me up because this is a guy who had walked personally with Jesus and like a million times gotten these revelations of like being rescued by God and he still he still needed the revelation again and came to the okay now I know that God is with me I think we we do that too and so we need we need a lifetime road trip to live into our freedom the final point I want to make to you is that the community of faith provided for his release. And I think this is still happening now. This is how it happens. Um, even though God did it, his partners in faith asked for it. 
they they prayed for him, they knew him, and they loved him. And I think we're connected like that. And I want us to to really know that and dig into that this year, to be in each other's corner like that. I was I was really sad to learn about the um, Hikikomori trend in Japan. Do you guys know anything about this? I'll tell you about it. It's like over half a million young people between the ages of like 15 and 39, and now they're saying older in Japan, but they're, they've named the phenomenon in Japan, but it's happening all around the world, including here. But basically, it's, it's millennials who are not leaving. They're, they're suffering from extreme isolation and social withdrawal because they're basically not leaving their houses. They're living with their parents. Of course, this is just a middle-class malady because you have to have parents who can support you. But they're living with their parents and essentially only like interacting with people online. This group is mostly males, but it affects young women too. And um, it might sound like a nice free pass on taking responsibility for your life, but these these poor people are actually describing um, they're they're describing debilitating depression and obsessive compulsive disorders. One said, I spent all my waking hours criticizing myself. All I did was get up in the afternoon, eat, excrete, and breathe. I was like a living corpse. I couldn't find the tiniest bit of worth in myself. I thought my life was meaningless. I had this terrible kind of fury. I didn't know where to direct, and I was always exhausted. So this, this is happening. We have our, we have our own, um, I forget the number that... It is in the United States that sociologists have um, estimated, but this is definitely happening here too, and even countries like Pakistan. Um, is it ju- this is just an option now for people who can do it, and a lack of jobs, I'm sure, adds to it. But the saddest thing about this to me is the social withdrawal, because we need each other. Peter needed the community of faith to know him and pray him out of prison. We need to know each other, to pray each other out of our mental and emotional and sometimes physical prisons that we're suffering in. This is how God designed humanity to, be, to work, led by the body of Christ. I could really feel the gift of each other yesterday in our council meeting. Um, I didn't even expect it uh, to be as fun as Marguerite said it was online. This picture doesn't really show the laughter and the joy of this meeting, but it was there even as we were like diving into the numbers of our proposed 2019 budget. I think there was just such a relief in being together, like not alone in trying to follow Jesus and make a difference in the world. And I could I could feel the strength of that. And as I was sitting there looking around at at individual people too, I could I could see the irony. I was thinking about the irony that in that being a community actually makes you a better individual, too. Like, I was looking at all these, like, stellar people in the, in the room, like Scott Clinton. And I hate to ever preach from the self-improvement angle, but the truth is, I think, that it makes us better, happier individuals when we open our lives up to each other and share our resources and form community. I don't really know why. If, 
except that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's not because our community is perfect, because it's not, but it's because this is the expansive way we're designed to love as human beings. It's like our, our hearts are actually community-shaped, even though we need the power of the Holy Spirit to keep stretching us that way. So in, in closing, let me just review these uh, three observations that I think we can take from Peter's escape from prison into this kind of invitation that I hope you hear to take a new journey with Jesus. First is that God did it and God does it. God provides for our freedom through his love. Secondly, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but I know it takes a lifetime to live into. We need to keep coming back. We need to embrace a lifelong road trip, really, to understand this freedom and love and to come into a fuller understanding of our true selves and our callings in the world. We're more than the sum of our failures and worries and losses, and we tend to forget that, you know? And lastly, the community provides for this miracle. We can't do it on our own. Our road trips are connected, and that makes us better. We're important in the healing process for each other. We help each other out of those pits of anxiety and despair and doubt and whatever it is for you. Somebody actually needs you to reach down into theirs. And it's, it's not because we're all like best friends or something, but it's because God is making something expansive out of all of us together, an organism that liberates the world with love. So let me pray for us to stay on the journey here, even through the Eagles game in our time of worship. Lord, thank you for this moment at the beginning of the year to think about um, where you might be calling us. I pray that you would help us to remember um, the moment of starting out with you, what that was like, and not so much to assess how far we've come, um, but just to take your hand into something new tonight. Pray that you would give us the trust to do that and um, just enough of the light that we need to, to know the way forward. Thank you for your presence with us and your faithfulness to us. Give us hope, Lord, even if we feel like uh, the journey so far has been disappointing. Give us hope that you are leading us into something new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.